Hi there, Monica White, licensed mental health counselor here. Welcome to Boost Your EQ. This is the podcast where I teach the most important psychology skills you can learn to build abundant, thriving relationships with yourself and the people around you. In this episode, I'm going to discuss the one skill that you can learn in order to have amazing relationships with yourself, with others, and the person that you are partnered with, married to, or even if you're not married. So I'm going to go through a quiz of all these skills that I've taught, and let's see if you can guess the one skill that you need to master in order to make sure that you have a lifelong of happiness in your relationships. All right, let's get started. And before I say any more on that, I just want to say that marriage is a choice and being in relationships is a choice. So you don't have to be in relationships in order to be happy. You can have relationships, you can have many great friendships, but you don't have to be in a relationship ever, and you never have to get married either. So I just wanted to make that point. I know many people who are not married, who are perfectly happy, love themselves, love their alone time, and they have many great quality relationships. So before we get into this episode, I just want to make that clear that, you know, marriage is not the goal. Marriage is just a choice. And for many people, they don't want to get married. And that's totally fine. That's, you know, it's all a choice and it should be something that's true for you. And that's something that, you know, you want to include into your life. So just wanted to say that before we get started. And obviously marriage can include um, just being partnered or having like some sort of soul connection with whoever you live with. So it doesn't have to be marriage. When I speak about marriage, I just mean being partnered with somebody for a long time, right? So being in a, in a relationship with somebody for, let's say like 10, 20 years, right? So that's what I mean in the looser definition of marriage. Okay, so if you've ever looked into marriage and couples counseling, you may have discovered that a lot of clinicians, a lot of therapists are Gottman's level clinicians. So if you're with your partner and you want to work on building a stronger relationship, then you may want to Google Gottman's Institute. And there you can find a resource of Gottman's level clinicians. And just for the record, that's one type of relationships counseling. There's so many types of relationships counseling. For an example, there's also Esther Perel. She is a relationships counselor, a therapist, psychotherapist as well. And her style is more into the personal intimacy. So she talks a lot about having your own, cultivating your own personal garden. And if you read some of her books, you'll notice that she probably includes a lot more with open relationships. So again, there's all types of counseling therapy, all types of psychotherapy for relationships. So I'm not judging anything or the other. But I did want to talk about Gottman's just because the Gottman's Institute spent decades studying relationships in this evidence-based clinical manner. So they did a lot of research, and whenever you do a lot of research, I think there's some good 
helpful tips behind that sort of psychology science. So John Gottman, Dr. Gottman, is founder and director of the Gottman Institute and a professor of psychology at the University of of Washington. For the last 30 or 40 years, he has made it his life's work to study couples and understand what makes marriage and relationships thrive. And so he offers a lot of great books. You can Google John Gottman's books. You'll find books like The Seven Principles for Making Marriage Work, um, you know, 10 Principles for Doing Effective Couples Therapy, just a bunch of Gottman's level books. And they are very illuminating. They are um, super helpful. And so he offers a lot of strategies and resources to help couples collaborate more effectively. So I'm just going to explain to you how I would explain to my own clients about healthy relationships. I like to keep things super, super simple, and that's why I'm going to tell you my one skill that I think is crucial and the number one skill you need to learn. However, before I tell you the skill, I want to explain how I view relationships. So I usually draw a spectrum, basically like a line and an arrow, and I call this a spectrum of relationships, and I just make three different areas. I try to keep things so simple for everyone, and I think of relationships in three different areas, right? So one, two, three. On the spectrum, all the way on one side are, you know, unhealthy relationships. Many of us have had unhealthy relationships, and, you know, a lot of us have family and friends maybe that are not so healthy, but we still have a relationship with them, right? So on one end of the spectrum, we have our unhealthy relationships. Most of us have a few unhealthy relationships, whether that's, you know, a sibling or a parent or whatnot. There's no judgment, and you don't want to have any judgment of about unhealthier relationships, you just want to be able to start noticing and just becoming more self-aware of maybe how many unhealthier relationships you have. So even unhealthy is kind of on a spectrum and you just want to become more aware of those relationships. I tend to advise all my clients, I'm like, hey, we can only have one to three unhealthy relationships at one time um, before we kind of get out of balance out of alignment. Now here's the deal with unhealthy relationships. Sometimes they slide back over into healthier, right? As you you start developing your own sense of self and your own boundaries, then you can kind of slide certain relationships back over into like neutral, if not healthier, right? So let's say if if my mom has anxiety and in the past, you know, she wasn't very healthy for me, then maybe the hope is that the more I develop and set my own boundaries and become develop myself as a person, then I can slide her maybe more into neutral. And then, you know, surprisingly, sometimes they can even get go all the way into healthy. So maybe both people grow and develop together. Or, well, one person develops first and then the other person kind of models after them, for example. So this means that we don't cut off maybe some of our unhealthier relationships, but we learn to manage them and put ourselves first for a certain period of time. And then maybe we can revisit and look at those um, relationships and see, you know, how we want to handle them and how we want to manage them. 
Now that's only for you to decide with you and your own therapist, but you know, I'm just, the point is that it's up to you to decide where you put people in your um, spectrum of healthy relationships. Okay, so in the middle, so on one end is unhealthy. And that is sort of what John Gottman talks in his book. Um, He talks about the four horsemen of relationships. And those are defense, criticism, stonewalling, and contempt, right? So you can look in any Gottman's book and he's going to talk about the four horsemen. Those are basically, you know, in the short run, those are not... um, totally detrimental, but you know, over the long run, like let's say 10, 20 years, those four um, negative sort of communication behaving skills in a relationship, they do tend to wear on people. So in the long run, they just don't work. In, In essence, you know, long story short, those things just don't work. Then there is the neutral camp. So that's number two, that's in the middle. And I always draw out like a spectrum, right? So then I draw out the neutral camp. In the neutral camp, I always put like a bunch of different dots. So most people are neutral to you. Most people, your coworkers, your acquaintances, people you meet, um, even some of your friends, they're just neutral. Even some family, they just may be neutral to you. That does not mean they're unhealthy. That doesn't mean they're, um, you know, encouraging you and inspiring you and lifting you up, right? That just means they're neutral. So more often than not, most of relationships, most of our relationships are in the neutral camp. They slide up and down, maybe sometimes a little bit less healthy, and then maybe sometimes they're just more helpful. So, you know, our relationships can slide up and down the spectrum. And that's fine, because we can have a ton of neutral relationships in our life. That's just that's normal. That's basic, right? Then on the sliding end, on the other opposite end, are your thriving, your healthy, if not thriving relationships. I advise all my clients that we all need one, two, three thriving, healthy relationships. Now here's the kicker. You can be your own thriving, healthy relationship. So there's number one. So if you work on yourself, you can be one of those people. You can be your own cheerleader, your own best friend, your own personal coach, right? That's your self-love, your self-nurturing. So if you have yourself as your own best friend, of course, however, as we're developing, we do tend to need one, two, three nurturing people in our lives. So if you are younger, let's say you're in your mid-20s and early 30s, you may need Um, some inspiring mentors in your life because maybe you're not completely developed as a person. So I know when I was younger in my early 20s, I didn't know myself very well and I wasn't totally sure about my own self-care, self-nurturing. I didn't have the best self-esteem yet and I wasn't very assertive, right? So I definitely needed mentors and healthier people in my life to guide me to Take me up, you know, help me develop to the next level in my own personal and emotional development. So for that period in my life, I needed friends and best friends and boyfriends and partners and mentors and therapists and coaches and, you know, people that were inspiring for me and wanted to see me do well. So if you're younger, you definitely need people in your life to support you and mentor you and guide you and encourage you along the way. And certainly until you can learn how to connect with yourself 
And then you can learn to connect with others and that's when you start giving back. You start sharing your special talents and you encourage and you mentor others. So funny enough, in my life, um, even at some points, some of my one to three inspiring mentors were actually online um, online marketers. So like, for example, Marie Forleo, she's like this thought leader, like Oprah um, loves her. She's like this like really inspiring thought leader. A lot of people like Gabrielle Bernstein, you know, those types of, you know, Brene Brown, those types of thought leaders, Glennon Doyle, all kinds of people, right? Um, they have been sometimes our one to three mentors. So if you have nobody in your life that is positive and supportive, you know, if you want to look to online mentors, they can be thriving for you. So I do know at many times in my life, you know, my one to three people actually were maybe like a best friend or like a partner at the time or someone like Marie Forleo, who is um, an entrepreneur, right? So in the neutral camp, people can slide into healthy, they can slide down into unhealthy. The spectrum of relationships is, a, it's a spectrum, it's a sliding up and down. The more you develop yourself, the more you're able to pick and choose and stay balanced in alignment. So if you have one to three unhealthy people in your life, let's say you, you're caretaking you know, a family member and, and possibly you're not getting the emotional connection that you need from them, you wanna pay attention that you have enough, maybe neutral, if not thriving and healthy relationships in your life. Okay, so that's how I kind of look at relationships. They're on a spectrum, and surprisingly, sometimes the unhealthy relationships, like let's say maybe we have not a healthy relationship with our partner or our boyfriend and our husband, and maybe we develop ourselves, and then we can slide that person into neutral, and maybe even we develop even more so, and we slide that person into thriving. Maybe they become inspiring because we realize more about ourselves and we kind of like change the dynamics. Now, here's the thing. Obviously, when things get into the unhealthy camp, that's the time you want to consult with a counselor or um, a professional because clearly it's not good to engage in unhealthy relationships for too long. Obviously, the longer we engage in that, the more detrimental it is to our well-being and our mental health and our emotional health, right? Okay, so that's basic. Most of my clients, most of the people I know tend to know that, but it's always good to explain again. Okay, so now let's get into the quiz. Okay, so for my quiz, I'm super excited. Okay, so in my last episode, I discussed the 25 mindset skills that I teach so that you can develop your self-awareness and your social awareness. So I'm just gonna go down the list. On my Instagram, you can find the 25 mindset skills for EQ, and that's my post from April 7th. So it says April 7th, at wellbe2go on my Instagram, at wellbe2go, and you'll see a PDF, a worksheet that says 25 mindset skills for EQ. And on the left side are the 12, I think it's 12 or 13 skills for self-awareness. Okay, so I'm gonna go down the list. Now check off the skills and circle the one that you think is the most important one for happy, thriving relationships. And I'm curious to see if you can guess it, okay? So just circle one of these, and this is the one that you think is the most important 
for healthy, thriving relationships. Okay, here we go. So number one, self-care. Number two, self-nurturing. Number three, mindfulness. Number four, coping skills. Number five, personal bill of rights. Number six, self-esteem. Number seven, resilience. Number eight, personal values. Number nine, boundaries. Number 10, assertiveness. Number 11, emotional health. Number 12, decision making. And number 13, scheduling happiness. Okay, so there's 13 actually. Which one do you think is the most important skill to have really healthy, lifelong, awesome uh, relationship? Like, you know, a dating relationship or a marriage or, um, yeah, just what do you think is the most important skill? Okay, think about it for just a second. Okay, ready? Ding, 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 ding. Based on what I have learned after many, many, many um, discussions with people and just based on what my clients and the people that I've worked with have told me, my personal guidance is that assertiveness is the most important skill. Okay, now you may have your own opinion and that's totally fine because I this is not, it's not necessarily opinion, it's just the one thing that I see that comes up over and over and over again. It's not a matter of being right or wrong, <laughs> but hear me out. This is why I think assertiveness is the most important. Okay, so a little bit of context here. John Gottman talked about, you know, the relationship killers, um, just the things that ruin relationships, not in the beginning, but in 10, 20 years of being married to someone, for example. And those are contempt, criticism, defense, and stonewalling, right? So we know those are like not great. They're not great for relationship building. Over the long run, what does work, right? So John Gottman goes into tons of different um, ideas to build relationships. And, you know, that's probably good for a whole nother podcast. But for the purpose of this one, I want to say that assertiveness is the one thing that I think that everybody can start doing today. So let's say you're 28, let's say you're 33 years old, and you're deciding on getting into um, a relationship that's long-term, what do you need to do? Build your assertiveness. So assertiveness is standing up for yourself, um, and that allows the other person to stand up for themselves as well. So here's the thing, Gottman said that fighting is not a bad thing in relationships. In fact, fighting is totally fine. You can argue, you can fight in in the beginning. I think that's like really great. In fact, I tell a lot of people, I'm like, if you need to fight in order to um, become assertive and to stand your ground and to do things your way, well, then fighting is actually not bad. Now, of course, um, if you can add humor to the end of it, if you can add, um, you know, respect and friendship, trust, um, and then sort of even the thriving qualities, which are romance and, you know, intimacy and passion, those are like the extra icing on the cake, 
then that's great too. So developing your assertiveness and building that skill is the one thing I recommend that all of us do when we are working on ourselves and when we're developing our own self-awareness and when we're getting into relationships. Because here's the thing, assertiveness is not passive and it's not aggressive. Assertiveness is just standing up for yourself and saying, hey, you know what, this is my time or this is what I believe or this is how I feel. Um, you know, becoming more assertive in your life is is a skill. It's not easy. Most people have a really hard time with it. And that's why you go to a, like an expert clinician so that we can get to the root of why it's difficult for you to be assertive. Personally, I think assertiveness is a skill that all of us can learn, but it's not easy. So it's good to um, practice it in the right um, container with the right person, right? Okay. So assertiveness is a skill, and here's why I think that if we become assertive when we're younger, that we're gonna be happier long-term. And again, discussing John Gottman's four horsemen in relationships, um, those are the four things that we talked about, the contempt, defensiveness, stonewalling, and criticism, right? And that creates like a fight or flight reaction. So the fighting is being critical, being contemptuous, being defensive, and the fleeing is that stonewalling. And if we're doing that in the beginning, that's okay, but in the long run, not so great. And here's why. So what I've seen with older couples, with older people, is let's say you're 45, 50, 55, 60 years old, and you've gone your entire life and you've avoided, minimized, denied, um, become passive, or you've stonewalled your partner, well, what does that do? That means you've become passive or aggressive and not assertive. So what happens if you're 40, 50, 60 years old and you're still in a relationship and you've become passive, then of course you're going to, um, you know, a lot of people develop depression. They develop like, um, you know, a midlife crisis and they feel like, you know what, I haven't really done what I wanted to do in my life versus you could have just started at 28, 30, 33 years old and started becoming assertive, and then by that point you would have trained your partner. You would have worked on yourself, you would have done your self-care, you would have found out who you are, you would have like pushed the boundaries already. Um, so whether you decide to stay with your partner for 10, 20, 30, or for a lifetime, it doesn't really matter because either way, if you were assertive, you would have lived your life the way you want to. Okay, so personally, I think that Assertive people in relationships do much better over the long run of life. So let's say, you know, a lot of relationships don't last, but let's say you do last and you're 70, 80 years old and you had your own hobbies, you know, you became your own person. You're like that cool person that has a cool partner and you both are your own people. You're in your individual people that work together in interdependence together, right? So if you're 60, 70, 80 years old um, and you've become your own person, you're going to look back on your life. You're going to be like, wow, like I love me. I love my life. You know, I lived it the way I wanted to. And my partner was just a really cool partner and they supported me along the way. 
Now, other case scenarios, let's say your partner doesn't follow you along the journey and let's say you all split up. Well, you still won't regret. You can consciously uncouple because you won't have regretted anything. You'll be like, hey, you know what? Um, We went along this path together and we both built ourselves up. We became better versions of ourselves, and maybe it's time now to part ways and you know, I wish you the best and you're still you're very important to me, but you know, maybe we wanna do something else for a while, right? So either way, you won't regret it, whether you stay together for a lifetime or whether you all choose to um, separate or you know change course later on. It doesn't really matter because both people will have built better versions of themselves. So that's why if you want any sort of relationship insurance, and you want to know what is the key to lifelong happiness and joy, well, I'm going to say assertiveness. So that is my personal take on relationships. And it's kind of funny because, again, relationships move up and down on the spectrum. So the healthier you become, the more you interpret the relationships in your life and you put them, you know, on the spectrum. And it's not It's not a judgment thing. It's not a good or bad thing. It's just wherever you're at in life, right? So that's the clarity. That's the process um, that I sort of use. And I encourage everybody that I work with to build, you know, those 12, 12, 13 steps for self-awareness, but um, definitely to build the assertiveness in whenever they're getting into a long-term relationship or they're thinking about getting married, or even if they're married, you know, it's still the time to become assertive. Okay, so that should save you 20, 30 years of um, becoming passive and then looking back on your life and being like, whoa, maybe I should have stood up for myself and then then my partner also could have stood up for themselves. So yeah, that's my interpretation on the one skill that you can learn to make sure that you have a lifelong of healthy relationships. Okay, so that's it for today. That's a lot. Everyone is going to have their own interpretation of relationships. Again, I put mine on a spectrum. And I only have three types, just to keep it simple, because you can actually move the relationships up and down the spectrum. So my three camps are the unhealthy. We can cross over to unhealthy. Sometimes people we love um, cross us over into unhealthy, and then we can slide back over by working on ourselves. Um, Most people are neutral, uh, and that's totally fine. That's acceptable, because we don't need everybody to be like, you know, super close to us. They, you know, neutral relationships are fun. They're lighthearted. They're fun. A lot of our friends are sort of neutral. And then we all need those one to three relationships that are inspiring and creative and tap us into like the better version of ourselves. Sometimes that is our partner. It does not have to be. Your partner does not have to be the healthy and thriving um, person in your life. In fact, if you can do that for yourself, then you could be very fine, very happy in a relationship where your partner is more neutral. So this is why you, you know, again, assertiveness and interdependence are the keys to lifelong relationships and happiness. And because, you know, you don't need to be codependent on your partner and maybe your partner at certain points or another is kind of more neutral and that's totally fine too. So a lot of marriages, not all the marriages have to be like thriving and amazing. They don't have to be like your Instagram marriages. Um, A lot of times that's 
you know, sometimes an illusion, sometimes it's not. Um, but you really don't need your partner or your relationship to be like this thriving level. In fact, a lot of us are quite fine just, you know, having sort of like a neutral, if not just pleasant and stable relationship. So do not judge your relationship based on anyone else. Judge your relationship based on your own internal uh, sort of compass. Whatever you think is good enough for you, good enough works and good enough is great. Okay, so that's it for today. Um, hopefully this episode was pretty interesting. Again, there's no substitute for one-on-one -on -one coaching and counseling because I definitely explain this based on my own client's interpretation, right? So we always put the relationships on a spectrum and we kind of like, um, you know, process, organize, and clarify them. But I thought this was a very interesting subject and I just read a Gottman's book. Again, Gottman's is way more in-depth. Um, you know, you could read all the Gottman's books and you're going to make your own interpretation. In fact, he goes into a lot of interesting concepts about um, how to strengthen your relationship, um, what doesn't work in relationships, and building in like repair attempts and a deep sense of meaning, and what makes a sound relationship, right? So if you read a Gottman's book, obviously way more in depth than what I just um, kind of cliffs noted today. But my Cliff's Notes, you know, it does work. So build your assertiveness. The earlier, the better. The sooner, the younger you are, the faster you develop your own self-awareness. In, in my, from my perspective, that's, that's what I teach and that's what I think works long-term. So, okay, everyone have a good Wednesday evening and I'll see you next episode. Okay, take care, friends. Bye-bye.